0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Uh, for those of you that knew this podcast, like I say every podcast, um, is that what I do is review the best parts and the best episodes of the Joe Rogan Experience for the week. I'm kind of like the newsers to current events. There's no affiliation. I just report on what I hear. Sometimes I have guests on. Talk about things that have inspired them, things that they like. They're always fans of The Rogan Show. The uh, Rogan Show has been around so long and there's so many thousands of hours of it that uh, I just felt like it was important that somebody kind of give a breakdown of uh, some of the best parts of what went on in the week. Uh, this week, great episode, podcast 1196 with Dale Earnhardt Jr. Pretty cool episode because I don't know a lot about NASCAR and the drivers and it's easy... Sometimes just to think that maybe they're just hillbillies or whatever, but, uh, like anything on Rogan, getting a chance to listen to somebody talk for three hours or two hours or whatever it is, you get to learn a lot about them. And there's, there's always some fascinating things that come out of it. Um, obviously Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a famous NASCAR driver. His father, uh, Dale Earnhardt was, um, probably maybe more famous and, uh, his dad, obviously uh, got in an accident in a race that Junior was in and uh, ended up dying from his injuries. So he gets into that uh, and also talks a lot about his new book that discusses uh, some of the problems that he's had with crashes and concussions and not taking care of himself through it. So um, really fascinating and a great conversation. Uh, They he started off just saying that his dad got him into driving um, and he he talks about... um, A story when he was younger where he flipped his car really badly. He had an S10 pickup that he was making payments on. Which was a cool thing because you know his dad would have been very wealthy. And and to have his son you know financing um, a truck himself while he worked at some sort of service station changing oil. Um, I mean, that, that builds real character in a person instead of just buying things and spoiling them. But anyway, he flips his truck flips it many, many times, smashes it to pieces, and his dad comes to pick him up, and he thought he'd be in a lot of trouble. I guess his dad was very strict. And uh, his dad just kind of laughed and said, hey, weird, I did the same thing at your age. I think he was 18 when he did it, Uh, which was a cool-sounding memory because it kind of points to the things that he really remembers and meant a lot from his dad and, and having those moments of kind of compassion... And connectedness, uh, it just means means a lot to him. Uh, they talk a little bit, Joe and Dale, about having kids and how that changes you. Like, nothing can really prepare you for kids. Uh, there's just nothing else like it. And there's no other place that you can find that kind of love as well. Like, the love that you have for children. I don't have any children. I'm, I'm sure plenty of you guys do. Uh, so, you know this. But it's always a cool thing to hear. Um, and... Um, yeah. Always cool to hear how it changes people, and it changes everyone, you know, especially if they're putting the the work in. Uh, Dale's also an avid hunter, like Joe, likes to bow hunt. He owns some land for hunting with a friend of his in Ohio, uh, where they have really good white-tailed deer, and uh, he likes to go up there hunting. Also loves working on his muscle cars. Uh, Probably no surprise there. I mean, you'd imagine that a NASCAR guy likes to do that. Doesn't have as much time now that he has his kids, but... Um, you know, it, it sounds like he has a pretty good selection of cars, uh, which makes sense. And he likes to work on some of the classics and, and get his hands dirty. He hasn't done a complete rebuild, but, uh, that, that's a hell of a project. And maybe, maybe now that he's retired, uh, he'd do that. He gets into his book, his new book out, which I'm really interested to take a look at. Um, it just sounds like a really honest portrayal of, of like the struggles that he's had and I think it's important information for anyone that plays a sport or, is, or veterans or anyone who suffered from any kind of head trauma um, to look at and know that there are doctors and help out there that will that can really improve your situation and just, instead of just feeling anxious and, and feeling bad. It, it talks a lot about his concussions. Uh, he had a bad crash uh, t- during a test. One time, so he blew out a tire at about 180 miles an hour and hit the wall. And he he felt like he couldn't shake it off. So they went off and uh, went to a diner and he didn't feel well. He felt sick. He didn't really want to tell anyone. And then he was going to some, I think a football game or something with his wife afterwards. And he ended up going, but he was really struggling with it and, and feeling awful. And it really led to some emotional problems. In a sense Uh, and these are the things that they don't talk a lot about with concussions it's like oh you bang your head you got a bruise you'll be okay but it can really mess with your hormones mess with your behavior it can make you like head injuries can make you a lot more impulsive uh, angry quick to lose your temper Uh, and those things really can mess up your life very quickly so it's pretty brutal but he ended up going to the specialist Uh, And this specialist really dealt with everything with head injuries, knew a lot about it and helped Dale understand what was happening in his brain, like pointing out certain portions of his brain that were injured and what kind of rehabilitation you need to do. So he did some interesting things. He had this string that had these balls on and he would hold one end to his nose and the other end kind of out straight and he would focus his eyes on each level of these balls. And what it was supposed to do is kind of retrain and refocus uh, your eyes and your ability to to um, stay balanced, because he was having problems walking and and like moving around his environment, he would get kind of dizzy and have to hang onto the wall. That's a real problem. I mean, that's really awful. Um, and like any rehab, you know, whether you're fixing your knee or your ankle or you know, you got to stretch it, you got to move it. And in a sense, what's happening with concussions is you got to retrain your brain and the things. Uh, directly connected to that motor function and in, in a sense a lot of that is is your eyes you know retraining that so he said uh, that he had about a dozen concussions in two years which is way too many uh, he couldn't walk well anymore um, and a concussed person often doesn't have good judgment overall Uh, judgment for like distances but also judgment for making decisions because like i said you get more impulsive and more aggressive he ended up missing half of 2016 driving and uh, because he had really high anxiety so they gave him some meds to take um his contract was still going so he had to finish out i think the end of 2017 but he was very concerned about that and getting re-injured and um it really all he said after that he then he did retire but but What he was saying to his doctor is he just wanted two things. He wanted to be better for two things because he was getting married. And because of these injuries, he was forgetting a lot of stuff. He he just couldn't remember a lot of what was going on. And he really wanted to remember his wedding night and not just remember it, but not think about his concussions, not think about these headaches he gets all this like pain and, um, kind of confusion and the balance issue. He just wanted all that gone and the next thing he wanted was to be able to climb up into his tree stand for hunting without feeling like he was going to fall out. So that was it. He set those goals. Goal setting is important and good for him for doing that. Uh, he did talk about how he wanted his doctor to tell him he had to retire. Because I don't think he wanted to tell others that he was choosing to do it. I think he almost wanted wanted an excuse. But his doctor said, listen, you don't have to. You don't have the same kind of trauma that a lot of other guys are having, that I'm seeing that it's worse, and there's a chance you can keep fixing it. So if you wanna keep driving, you can. So he didn't really have that excuse, but he's got kids now, Dale does, and he wanted to really be focused for them, and he decided that he was going to retire anyway. So Dale's book is really just to educate, not to discourage. He's not saying don't go out and do things that are dangerous that could bang your head. Just be educated on what you can do if it happens rest the right way see a specialist get checked out you know you do what you want um just don't suffer without getting proper help and that also expands out to veterans that have got back from war that have been near IDs or explosions things that will cause the kind of shell shock that will mess up your head knowing that you know when they get back um they should go and if they can um I guess, to the VA or wherever and get help from specialists to deal with concussions so they don't have to suffer with the same depression and and those sorts of things. Um, He talked about the idea of getting back into driving, what Joe did, like, oh, if you wanted to get back into it, could you? Dale talks a lot about the technology, how the technology in the vehicles changes so much. You could be out six months and you wouldn't even know a lot about how it works. You know, there's... All these different functions in these NASCARs, like changing all the brake power from one side to the other. And they're always making adjustments. And, you know, he'd almost have to learn the car over again. And it would, it would take him a long time to get up into it. So the idea of him getting back into the highest levels of NASCARs is, is unlikely. Uh, an interesting thing that he talked about is, I guess, in Chicago in the summer they were racing. Inside the cars, it was getting up to 150 degrees. And they're in there for like three hours. So that's like being in a sauna. I can't even imagine how that's possible. It just does not make sense to me that someone could deal with that. I guess these guys are pretty hardcore and they've trained for it. So, you know, that's how they roll. Um, he uh, he talks later about his dad and then they get into his dad. And Joe was surprised to hear that his dad didn't really tell him anything about racing. It was just more about being a man and being on time and taking care of, you know, the shit that he needs to and, and getting to his sponsors and treating his fans right. And uh, I found that really fascinating. I guess probably Dale Jr. was winning races. So maybe Senior didn't feel like that was necessary. He was like, I just need to make sure that he does things right and doesn't act like a child and and all those things. And that really set the tone in a way for their relationship. And it was cool because after he started winning, um, he and his dad started to do um publicity stuff together sponsorship stuff they got a huge Budweiser deal which was cool and really brought them closer together and before that he didn't really know where he stood with his dad he didn't think that his dad thought that he was going to amount to anything so that was kind of tough and what really got him into racing cuz he'd been doing these like smaller races he'd done like quite a lot of them over 100 and his dad never came to any of those and even when he t- won trophies his dad would just say, oh, so-and-so couldn't have shown up that day because he would have beat you. So it was, it was never massively supportive like that. And, and Dale Jr. didn't really care for it. But Joe did suggest, was this maybe something that drove you on and pushed you further? Jr. didn't think so. Um, it probably is just a painful thing to think about. But uh, the, the like pit crew chief that uh, Dale Sr. had Called Tony, Tony, someone, and um, he suggested to Dale Senior that Dale Junior race, and they decided together without talking to Junior. They put the name, his name, on the roof of the car, and when he came in to see it, Tony Senior just laughed and said, "Hey, here's your new car," and Junior thought it was a joke. They thought they were he was playing a joke on them. And it wasn't until like a few days later that he turned to his dad and said, seriously, am I getting this car? Am I racing? And his dad was like, yeah, give it a shot. And he just said his dad is, was the strangest dude, which I thought was really cool, uh, you know, and probably confusing. But, you know, look, he became amazing at what he did. So uh, you can't really say that uh, Dale Sr. didn't have a plan and didn't know what he was doing being a dad. Uh, Junior started to win races then, and like I said, they got back into how their relationship changed. And Then it got to the point when uh, his dad crashed into the wall uh, at a race and died. And I think Dale Jr. actually won that race. And that was one of his first major wins, I think, um, if I remember rightly. But uh, that was obviously a very difficult time for him, and he still chose to continue racing because... A lot of people that worked for him had jobs, and he felt responsible for it. And uh, it was a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I I think that Dale Jr. is is a well-thought-out, fascinating dude, humble. Uh, He wasn't arrogant, douchey, anything. And uh, and Joe was really getting the best out of him. So hopefully he's back on the podcast again. I'd love to hear it. And I'd love to hear what you guys think about it. So uh, email me, link in the... um, the post, the podcast, and um, there'll be more shortly. So thanks a lot, and check this one out. Cheers, guys.